are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and I am so glad to be sharing today with you. This is one of my favorite shows upcoming, and it's because it features interviews and excerpts from the Winter Games Olympic athletes. Some of them are Olympiads, some have been Olympic hopefuls, and now we can call them Olympians. And I am so, so excited to share the show with you because it's a recap of some of the best interviews over the last year talking to these athletes. And we went inside the training camp to talk to them about what it is that drives them. And so these shows have been really kind of a feature focus with Making Life Brighter Radio, because Making Life Brighter Radio is about not only education, upliftment, inspiration, but it's about health and wellness. And we've been focusing on our consciousness series, Conversations in Consciousness, and this is one more aspect of that. You know, I was really curious as to what drives an Olympian. What is it in them that makes them dedicate four years, eight years, and even beyond to laser focus into something that amazing down to a tenth, a hundredth of a second and be their very, very best. And what happens in defeat? What happens in success? What happens afterward? You know, there's so many steps to get to that place. And you literally dedicate yourself for four years in hopes of even making the team. Just because you want to doesn't even mean you'll make the team. And (laughs) I've spent my whole life growing up loving the winter games and every aspect from ice skating to skiing, ice hockey, you know, bobsledding, skeleton, you name it. I love it. And the Winter Olympics is one of my all-time favorite highs of living life in this world. I love it. And I'm so, so honored to get to speak to these people who've dedicated their lives toward their dream of becoming an Olympic athlete and a gold medal winning Olympic athlete or a medal winning Olympic athlete. Now, obviously, people that are going for gold don't want to go for silver or bronze. They want to go for the gold. And so I sat down with these people and I asked them, what is it? that drives you? What is it that you really want? And every one of them, (laughs) they were so honest and so humble and that they were so incredibly driven. Like if you put them to the test, you know, the tiger's in there. They're going to come out. They're ready to go. They're ready to win. They're ready to make this great. And their winning attitude, their amazing grace, their humility, their focus, you know, it takes intelligent focus to come to something like this. And we're about to kick off this year in Seoul, South Korea. And I am so excited that they get to go participate because I was nervous there for a while that they wouldn't get to, that with all the politics happening in the world, something would stop that opportunity, it seemed like at one point. And now they have that opportunity and the world can finally come together and these people can compete and put out their very, very best. So I am proud to share with you excerpts of the interviews that I did with some of these athletes. Nick Cunningham is the men's bobsled two-time Olympiad, and he is again on his way back to South Korea. And we have Miss Lauren Gibbs that qualified, and she made the team, and she will be heading there. And we have some other great interviews, but I really recommend you go back and check out the archives for the full interview with these people because there are just so many great pieces of wisdom that they've offered us in these talks. And I started out the series, you know, what's it take to be basically an Olympic athlete? And 
inside the mind of an Olympic athlete, what it takes to be great is the name of the series. And that just depicts what it is that's behind the drive, what's behind the discipline that takes someone from point A and never, <laughs> never having been in a bobsled before all the way to being the best in the world. What does that take in a four-year time period, both for the body, the mind, the teamwork, switching teams, all of it? It's fascinating to me. When I got to go up to Lake Placid last year and film the entire um, World Cup, that was just too cool. Also, it was uh, 30 below zero outside at that time. It was so amazing. And these people were such troopers. Every athlete from around the world was there with their best on, and they played the game on one of the hardest, I'd call it one of the bumpiest courses in Lake Placid. And, you know, everybody loves the the one in uh, Salt Lake City, Park City up there. And, wow, this was just amazing to watch, one after another. And what really got me was the skeleton sliders. Those people are brave. Can you imagine... I can't imagine going down like head first a complete ice tube. <laughs> Savannah Graybill told me, no problem. If my mom can do it, you can do it. And I thought, you know what? That's great. But I think I want to live a little longer. So I don't have that much confidence in my skeleton sliding skills just yet. But perhaps I will. And I was even offered a ride all the way down the course in a real bobsled from head to toe out in uh, Park City, and I thought, you know, that might be fun one day. But I took that run in Lake Placid on wheels once, and I went down the course, <laughs> and our our driver was being stung by a bee under his helmet. And I was thinking, boy, we're awfully close to tipping over. What's going on? We're going really high on this wall and really high in that wall. What's going on? And come to find out, as soon as we get to the bottom, he whips off his helmet, and he's patting his neck and jumps out of the sled and I thought, oh, that would make sense. He's being stung by a bee and trying to drive this thing at mock speed on wheels down this course without throwing all of us one way or another. It was thrilling. It was amazing. It was great. And this whole entire series, this entire journey with Olympiads has opened my eyes to that much more discipline. It kind of reminds me of the people that are winning Grammys, the people that have dedicated years of their life, like Peter Cater just won for the New Age category, and Peter Cater has been at New Age Music for, he's been nominated 13 times, and this year he finally won. 13 times, that's a lot of, lot of work, a very big volume of, and body of work for that genre, and then finally to win. That's that's the whole idea is you dedicate yourself in discipline for the love of the sport, for the love of the song, for the love of the music, for sharing what's in your soul and doing it and doing it with a fantastic attitude, with all the right components to make that touch someone else. And in this case, to make a team go from point A to the winning gold. I am so excited for tonight. I'm so excited to share all this with you. So I hope you'll go back and you can check out the archives. You can go to voiceamerica.com and find us on the Health and Wellness channel. And you can go to my website, makinglifebrighter.com. And there is the radio tab there. You can see all the archives on that tab. And you can find it right there with all the data for every show. So Starting in the fall of 2016 is when I began the Olympic athlete interviews, and I'd have to call them winter game athletes at that point because we're not supposed to say that, the Olympic word. But we're excited because we love the Olympics, and I'm going to say it loud and clear. I love the Olympics. I love the Olympic Games, and I am happy to share with you some cool things. And it was really funny because, you know, I've been – working in health and healing for, gosh, 20 years and started out in rehab, started out doing extreme rehab with fused spines and all this other really interesting stuff that came my way, working with different people like rolfers and chiropractors and being on the cutting edge my whole adult life of what's going on in athleticism 
in body system health, in healing, all of that. And that's what's brought me to this place today. And yet, one of the people I worked with, whom I've had on this show, and who has gone on to become one of the best chiropractors in the world, is Dr. Sean Caldwell. And he is in Denver, Colorado. And Sean has a special neuroperformance clinic where they do brain rehab and they work with athletes, um, Olympic athletes, they work with pro athletes, they work with up and coming athletes toward the pro arena, they work with all kinds of autism. It's, it's amazing what that clinic is. I'll be featuring that upcoming again. And when I went into his office in one of my pass through visits, now, I've been in that office, I don't know how many years, all the time, in and out, in and out. And we were talking, and I'm looking at the wall behind him, and I pointed to him, and I said, who's that? And he said, oh, that's Lauren Gibbs. She comes in here all the time. I said, I just interviewed her last week up in Lake Placid. He said, you did? I said, yeah. And so, small world. But they come to Denver and to Colorado Springs to train and, and you know, to Colorado in general. So, these athletes are all over the world, and the pace they have to keep, what they need to do is what really struck me. They have to pack their own bobsleds. They have to pay for their own practice runs up to $200 a run. So you're investing in something that takes money. This is hard. You have to go hustle for your sponsors because you're not sponsored right out the door. You have to earn that right to even make it to that team that then can sponsor you unless you find your own sponsorship along the way. That is incredible. I mean, this is a no-nonsense game. From the moment you step in, you're either all in or you're not. And you, <laughs> you probably won't last long if you're not all in. But you can check out the interviews with Brittany Reinbolt, who's a bobsled driver. Lauren Gibbs, who's on the Olympic team, going to Seoul, Korea. And to Savannah Graybill on the skeleton She's a skeleton slider, and Nick Cunningham, who's a two-time Olympiad in men's bobsled, and uh, wow. So check it out. Take a listen today because these interviews are amazing. You can find the whole thing on makinglifebrighter.com in the radio tab, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the Elephant Care Center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. 
And we're back live in Lake Placid at the Olympic Training Center. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're here with Lauren Gibbs, and she is a hopeful in the U.S. Olympic women's bobsled team, and she's amazing. She's a, a athlete at the top level. She is committed to her sport, heart and soul, and most importantly, she's dedicated to the cause for the Olympic team all in one. So we were talking before the break about sliding and partnership and being one with your partner walk us through what it's like to go down this this ice tube <laughs> yeah so every track is a little bit different i think that's one of the biggest questions we get you know is every track the same and every every track is usually about a mile long um but the the direction that the direction that the curves go and the geometry of each corner is going to be a little different per track so in like placid um, we're lucky to train on this track because it's known as one of the most difficult or technical tracks in the world. So I think our pilots having this as their home track is definitely an advantage. And so people always ask, what is it like to go down a bobsled? And I've heard it described a number of ways. You know, it's like being kicked off a cliff in a trash can. Um, for me, I feel like it's like really bad turbulence. Some people describe it as like, you know, if you were to be thrown in the back of an SUV blindfolded and then like taken to a random location kind of like that so you know as you get more comfortable sliding you start to learn like curve one goes this way curve two goes that way so you kind of know what to expect but when you don't know anything about the track and it's your first time going down it's very loud it's very disorienting you're like you're not sure how much time is left because you don't know where you are on the track and you know it's not a smooth ride at all and the the bobsled's that we have uh, for the national team are, are made by BMW and they're great, but it's basically a shell so that you're kind of being bounced around in. So it's nothing like a water slide. It's nothing like a roller coaster. It's just like nothing you've ever experienced, but you're just kind of getting knocked around back and forth. Tell us what you feel from the moment that you start and they, you know, it goes, go. And then what happens in you? What are you thinking? What do you feel? What are you um, working on? When I'm, when I'm pushing the sled, like the, the things that I'm thinking about is just executing what I know I need to get done. And then once we're up and running, it's, you know, running really hard until my pilot loads and then making sure once she loads that my last few steps before I enter the sled are powerful and straight because um, how I get into the sled can have a big impact on the rest of the trip. They always say you can't win the win the race at the start but you can definitely lose it so if I jump in sideways or crooked then you know it can send the sled into a skid if I uh, pull back on the sled it's going to uh, decelerate the sled and impact negatively impact the velocity so I'm really just trying to you know do what I do in practice and be consistent every time with with how I load and then once I'm in the sled it's like okay whatever the time was the time was now it's the driver's show and my job is to get low and stay still and be as aerodynamic as possible and once you've done that do you know from the moment you jump in how that was executed i mean can you tell immediately sometimes i'm like okay that was great sometimes i'm like oh, that was terrible and then sometimes i usually i have no clue until you see the time because it could feel like it was really fast and it could be dirt slow and vice versa so how fast is it technically right from the go um i'm not sure you know i know peak speeds range anywhere from 75 miles an hour to 95 miles an hour we're, def we're definitely not running that fast so it's probably closer to 20 i would i would assume uh, but it really depends on the track how fast we go and how many seconds do you have before you drop before you start really accelerating I mean, we are running downhill so you're dropping immediately the first few corners on most tracks kind of feel a little bit slower. Uh, Whistler, which is in Canada, that one you're you're bobsledding from curve one, like you're moving from curve one. So, I, I would imagine it's it's a little daunting to make sure you you don't slide in running on it and going forward. That you're yeah, you not. know, a lot of adrenaline is is kicking in at that point because you're standing at the top of an ice mountain, staring straight down into a corner getting ready to chase or push this this like carbon fiber object so <laughs> is it padded on the inside <laughs> yeah there's there's a bit of padding there's yeah. a bit of padding in some select places just because you know the the pressure of our bodies rest in certain spots and if they're metal they can cause like pressure bruises right so it's just not 
optimal for performance. And so how do you get a sled that you keep throughout the season, for example? Well, I'm a brakeman, so I'm in the back. So the sleds are allocated to the drivers, and that's based on their rank. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, who out there is your biggest competition right now? Uh, you know, Canada is always a, a top contender. They've placed in, in the top spot for the last two Winter Olympics. The Germans, you know, because... Germany is all about bobsledding. They have a good percentage of the tracks that we race on. So I would say those two are our top competitors. What's your favorite mountain? My, like my favorite bobsled track? Yeah. I mean, I love Lake Placid because it's home. And we know the track crew and we know, you know, all the people in the town. And But I really love, I mean, there's a lot of them. I love Kuningsee, Germany. Um, there's these curves called the S-curves. And those are, I think those curves feel like the closest that you're going to feel to like kind of like a water slide. And then I love St. Moritz because it's beautiful. It's Switzerland. It's the only natural track that's made from hand every year. Um, I love Sochi because it's the best warm-up facility because it's the newest track on tour. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, the, the Pyeongchang track will be amazing as well. So, Are you excited? Do you think that um, you have a good chance of qualifying for this and, and actually placing there? I mean, I think that if you are in it, to the degree that I'm in it, you have to believe that you have a good chance You're going. of going because that's one of the things that keeps you motivated. In it. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of, you know, just, just stress on your body to not think that you could do it, you know. So I wouldn't put myself through this. There's no, no room for error in your mind. Absolutely. No room for error. And there's no room for doubt either. So in order to do this to this level, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. What's your plan from the moment you get up? What's your weekly plan, your daily plan, your monthly plan? What, how do you do this? So for me, one of the toughest things that I have to deal with is weight. Um, when I started in this sport, the weight had been the same for quite some time, and then they decided the next season to drop it by 15 kilos for the women. So they took five kilos out of the sled and then expected the athletes to drop 10 kilos. And for a good portion of the field, that wasn't difficult because... The women are smaller, but I'm just, I'm a large female. I was 205 pounds when I started the sport, and now I'm a lean 170. Well, so. you're all muscle. <laughs> I'm looking at your bicep and your shoulder. Imagine yeah. when you jump in that sled, you have to have, you have to have that shoulder muscle. Right. Yeah, right? so for me, you know, my day is structured around the training I need to do in order to get faster, the technical work I need to do in order to be consistent, the recovery, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to do in order to prepare for the next day and then nutrition I love eating it's my favorite sport I always tell people but it's you know it's a job just like every other part of my training so a big focus for me every day in and day out is what I'm eating and what I have access to nutrition wise what do you normally eat what's your so I have diet? the same breakfast every morning I have five uh, hard-boiled egg whites and then three pieces of cinnamon toast <laughs> cinnamon raisin toast is that your treat? Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> so the, the diet I was on before, I didn't eat any carbs, and it wasn't very productive for bobsled. So now that I get to eat carbs, I, I count my macros. So I get a certain number of a, certain certain grams of protein, carbs, and fat every day. And as long as I stay within that um, that number for each one, I can eat whatever I want, which is great. So what I usually do is when I get up, I input into my app the things that I want to eat that day and then work around that to make so sure you, that I hit my number. Do you have to weigh yourself regularly to do that? I'm a bit of a crazy person when it comes to weighing myself, so I weigh myself every morning, and then I weigh myself throughout the day. I just can't help it just to see like how much weight fluctuates. And it's amazing how much your weight really does fluctuate. But Is that you, water weight in addition? Because you're pretty weight, solid food, in terms of... It's everything. So if you're out there and you're trying to lose weight... One tip I'd give you is if you're going to weigh yourself, make sure it's at the same time every day because that's really the only way to be consistent about if you're losing or gaining. That's interesting. Yep. What's your 10% margin in all of this that you do that you allow yourself? What do you allow yourself as a little bit of um, slide one way or another in things, anything from eating to how you, how you train to whatever? What do, you, what do you do that gives yourself a little bit or do you have any margin at all? I... I don't really because at the end of the day, for me, it's at the end of a four-year training cycle. I want to be able to stand at the top of the track in, in, in uh, South Korea and know that I've done everything humanly possible to reach my goal. And, and does your, your 
other partner, your other half, do the same thing? Are you are you one outside of that sled? Do you do the same sort of thing? Um, so I have one roommate that I've been living with for the past two years. Her name is Jamie Grubel Poser. Um, and we slide a lot together, but I also slide with a couple other pilots. And we do we spend a lot of time together. Um, we spend probably more time together than any two people should spend together because you know we live together, we eat together, we work together, and then like because there's not a lot of people up there, a lot of our off time is together. So we definitely spend a lot of time together and we start finishing each other's sentences. You're, you're sort of like married and they, they always say that married couples or people that sleep side by side next to each other, their brain waves begin to sink. And as you're around someone all the time, your brain wave will begin to sink with the other person. Yeah, and it, it gets like that with the men's team too because we're we're in very close quarters with the men as well. So we, we travel with men and women's bobsled and men and women's skeleton. So it's like we see every every part of each other's lives it's kind of like and jamie's actually married to a german bobsledder um but yeah we we all spend a lot of a lot of time together what is the thing that you are looking to improve upon the most right now right now i just need to get faster um most of the people that are on the team were have a track and field background so technically they're more sound when it comes to sprinting and I just don't have those sprint mechanics. So for me, it's all about getting faster. I'm strong and very powerful. And I've really worked on my uh, technique as far as accelerating the sled. So now it's just about having a higher top end speed. What do you love about this the most? I don't know. I feel like it, you know, pushing a sled is like, like golf. Like you get one really good hit every now and then and it just feels effortless and it's like chasing that high. You know, people are like, oh, it must be the ride is the high. And I'm like, yeah, the ride's fun, and I love it. And it's not, you know, there's not a lot of adrenaline filled in the ride anymore unless it's race day because it's like every, it's another day at the office for me. But I chase the high of executing my my part perfectly. That's, that's amazing. That's what I chase. That's amazing. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter live in Lake Placid with Olympic athletes. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Lauren Gibbs right here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the elephant care center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we are live in Lake Placid with Nick Cunningham, two-time Olympian 
and we are talking about what it takes to be great inside the mind of an Olympic athlete. And Nick, what does it take to be great? Balance. I'm, you know, if I had to describe it in one word, it's going to be balance. Um, you can get burnt out so quickly if if you don't have that. And I've seen, I've been able to not, you know, not even able to, but I've watched some great athletes just burn themselves out. They don't have the balance. They don't make time for anything else. And you'll hear some athletes say, you know, I had to go 100%, and some be like, ah, well, I need the middle. I'm more of a middle ground kind of guy, where I need to be able to take a step back remove myself as the Olympic figure and just be, you know, my, my parent's son for a little bit, help him around the yard and, and do stuff and, and help the neighbors mow lawns or, you know, whatever I have to do, I, I need to take that balance and, and take a step back and, and just be me for a little bit. And what is it in your daily routine that keeps you balanced because you have such an intense routine, you know? Um, actually, my truck. It, yeah. It's my truck, actually. <laughs> he was just showing yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a red pickup truck <laughs> outside. That is, and he said with um, some some icons on it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is. That's kind of my my getaway. If I'm having a, a rough day or I just need to get away, um, you know, everything in the Olympic Training Center is under one roof, so you can go weeks if you wanted to without leaving this place. Um, which is fantastic, but you can get cabin fever when it starts getting kind of cold and, you know, you don't go outside. Right. So what I do to kind of keep that balance is I'll just jump in my truck, um, you know, throw on the country music and uh, just take a little, you know, five-minute drive around to kind of just clear the mind um, and just remove myself from the training aspect of, of being an athlete and just let myself be a 31-year-old guy and just go for a cruise you know just yeah. just hang out waste a little gas yeah yeah feel, feel the the elements around you a little exactly. bit exactly you must like snow to do this <laughs> <laughs> and you're from california how does it's, that work yeah the, the bobsledding <laughs> hotbed of, of the u.s i am not really a, a cold kind of guy <laughs> believe it or not um it's it was it's how i got into the sport is is kind of unreal in itself but it's Tell us about that. Um, I, it actually started off as a, as a joke, as a joke with my family. Um, I was going to school at UC Santa Barbara at the time, uh, another bobsledding hotbed. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I was a track athlete coming out of high school as a freshman. So this is 2004, um, just to give a reference of time. And so I'm, you know, just a little scrawny freshman in college, <laughs> wide-eyed at one of the biggest party schools in the country, kind of trying to survive. And uh, my parents came down after a track meet and we just went for a drive up in the San Ynez Mountains. And as you're coming back down, you can kind of see this windy road all the way towards campus. And my mom just kind of casually says under her breath, oh look, it looks like a bobsled track. My dad's like, you're fast, you totally try out for the bobsled team. And again, I'm a 165 pound sprinter, so never been to the snow. And so I was like, oh yeah, it's a great idea, you know, That'd be so much fun. I always, I've always wanted to be a race car driver, so I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's one of my ways in. Um, and <laughs> they go home um, back to Monterey, which is only a couple-hour drive. Mm -hmm. And when I get back to campus, I check my email, and they sent me a whole bunch of uh, combine results, how to try out for the team, who's on the team, what I need to do to make the team. And so that was just a running joke. You know, what, what do I need to do to, to make the Bob's team? If I ever had a bad track meet I would be like oh well, there's always bobsled when this is over and I uh, eventually transferred to Boise State and uh, <laughs> you know it's if you if there's a 180 from Santa Barbara to, <laughs> yeah. to a different university is Boise State and uh, I just absolutely fell in love with it and wow. you know got up there I got a little little taste of the cold uh, you know I, I showed up in a sweatshirt because I thought Probably that more was wind right yeah I was, it was I was <laughs> like oh you know sweatshirts that's good for yeah for the cold and I was wrong it actually snows there a little bit um and so I thought that was my mental preparation for Bob. So I was like, oh, this is a sign. You know, I just keep going further <laughs> east. And, uh, you know, right after my whole life was mapped out to college graduation. That's all my goals were, were, you know, graduate high school, get a Division One scholarship, graduate college. And then it kind of, my goals stopped. I never really looked past that. Yeah. And I got to that kind of crossroads and it was after you graduate college, either you have 
you know, no doors open or all your doors open, you know, it's kind of up to you. And I was like, well, I'm not really ready to give up the athletics yet. Um, I knew I wasn't going to make the summer Olympics at my times and just genetics. I wasn't going to make it. So it was almost like a, it was a, it was like it was faded. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, well, there's always bobsled. And so (laughs) I decided as a 22 year old college graduate that if anything was going to come out of this, out of Bob's coming to try for the bobsled team, it would be a really funny bar joke down the road. You know, if, if anything happened, it'd be a, it would be a, a, a fun story to tell my friends. And Nick tried out for yeah, bobsled. I, I, yeah, you know, everyone's always trying to one up stories. I'm like, yeah. well, listen, guys, I tried out for the bobsled team, so mm-hmm. let's be real here. Um, and 18 months later, I went to my first Olympic Games after that trial. Wow! Wow! And I never looked back. <laughs> and uh, would you call it a, a passion and a love or an addiction now? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, I, I love the speed. I love. Again, I always want to be that race car driver, and I, I, I still want to be that race car driver. And this has been kind of my my outlet, you know, my my going track and field. My my race car were my legs. That's how I won my races, and and now I kind of get to go and and do stuff that I never thought possible. We get to work with BMW all the time and, and test drive cars. Cool. Um, we get to go down and, and look at the race shops. Our our head engineer. Uh, Richard worked with Penske Racing for a long time, so we get to just, I get to see one of the best in the business and kind of what his demands are and what his expectations are. And you, you know, get input, you give input. Uh, I do, I do, give. and so. you know, and and what he's able to do, and just the smarts of being an engineer. What he, I mean, you say one thing and he'll have it done. Wow. It, whether he has it or not, he'll make it happen. So does that translate back into your sled? It does. Yeah. So he'll, you know, if I say, "Oh, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that," he will go and, and fix it. Wow. He knows everything. It's if there is a mad scientist out there, it's him. <laughs> and he's out there. He puts in more time than any of us athletes combined. Like he is, he is our kind of the glue that holds this whole thing together. And uh, you know, just kind of the direction that our sleds are going. You know, we have some of the best equipment in the world. And I mean, I get to drive 95 miles an hour without a motor. How do you do that in a Zen mode and, and be precise and not kill everybody? I mean, obviously there's enough people that make this work that they're doing it, but it, how do you do that literally? It's a controlled chaos. It's when we're pushing the sled, there's a misconception of the drivers don't push. Uh-huh. We are pushing just as hard as the brakemen are for that first 50 meters. But then when we jump in, it's a, you know, take that deep breath, take that, you know, you have to shut your mind off and go into that Zen mode. You have to kind of shut everything down and be able to feel these pressures and, and kind of, if something goes wrong, you have to make an on the spot correction without thinking. Cause if you think you're on your head, you're upside down and you, it's too fast. It's, it's too fast. You can't make a correction. So how do you train all that time so that it's automatic? Uh, imagery. We do a lot of mental imagery. So if, the drivers are doing more visualization. Oh yeah. I mean, we only get two, maybe three training runs a day. And so it's not like we can go out there and, you know, NASCAR, they can run lap after lap after lap, and they're only going in a circle. Right. Where, you know, we have up to 20 corners, <laughs> and we have to figure yeah. out every line possible, if they're good lines, bad lines, what happens. And you'll see drivers in the start house, and every one of them is doing mental imagery. We're all kind of flowing down the track, and you'll see them kind of moving their arms and, and driving down the track. And as you get better, you can actually get very close to your downtime in your mind of, of what you'll be going. and it's the mind is an unbelievable thing so i can take 20 30 reps in your mind in my mind and and you're creating like neuron neuron pathways mm-hmm, exactly. a whole network that actually drives you yeah on I, I, I never understood how important mental imagery was until this sport and and getting to this level yeah. it, it, it is a must if you want to be successful in any sport and do you do anything else like do you meditate do you take breathing or do you you know do you do um, things that are it's uh, back to the country music yeah it's <laughs> back to country music i you know i don't listen to the crazy screaming music or or the hardcore rap like a lot of people do i i listen to country music because it calms me down it kind of sets me takes me back home takes me back with my friends where i'm kind of in a calm mental state okay and it's that's what i want to be in you know it's it's just it's the, the sport needs to be fun for me. When it's not fun anymore, then I know it's time for me to hang it up. And right now I'm having the time of my life. So 
it's I, I know that I still have a couple more years to go. Uh, well, you know, synonymous with country music is drinking. And <laughs> it's true. Do you do you no longer drink alcohol? Did you drink alcohol a bunch before, like most kids and most in college and all that? My mom's not going to be listening to this, is she? No, no. <laughs> Mom, don't listen. <laughs> Mom, close your ears. Um, I mean, I, I like to go out and have beers with the guys. It's, you know, I think it's all in moderation. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, balance. balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't be going out and, and getting hammered. But do I think a beer here, beer there is okay? I, I haven't. My best race ever in the 100 meters and 200 meters were after I had a beer with my buddies the night before. Same with all my races. You know, it's just, it's, it just kind of calms me down. I'm not saying drinking's my, no. my vice, but I, I definitely, you know, I like to go out and have a beer with the guys. It's, it's just who I am, and, and it's, it's... See, I'm curious it, because, you know, people are one way before they get into this, and then what changes once they have dedicated to this? And you're saying... I'm still kind of the same in many ways. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I, I didn't want to change. Kind I mean, of balance. The, when, you, when you go a little north of 30 years old, you know, you can't be, you don't, you don't <laughs> rebound as fast. You're still a spring fast. chicken, Nick. It's, uh, you, don't, you don't rebound <laughs> as fast from, from the night out. So, I mean, it's, it's all in moderation. It, yeah. It's, you know, I, I have great nutritionists that I can refer to. I have a good coaching staff here, uh, strength, ca- strength staff. Um, and I get body fat testing every four weeks. And, you know, I, I have all these things to make sure that I am on track. And it's, you know, it, as part of the sport, a lot of the sponsors in Germany are beer companies. So when you get on the victory right. stand, they want you to chug their beer. And I'm, you know, that's... You're, you're, you're seasoned for that. Yeah, you gotta be seasoned. Right? You can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> you can go in there. You accept all things. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be right back with more <laughs> with Nick Cunningham. <laughs> U.S. men's bobsled. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back, and you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Wasn't that amazing? These guys are just something else. I tell you what, I am so excited for these athletes and so excited for the games in general. You know, I'm, I'm eager for the world. Wouldn't it be cool if the world could just compete this way like they did a long time ago with the Indians in lacrosse, where if you had a dispute in the world, you just played lacrosse? Wouldn't it be great if like, you had a dispute in the world and the best man really won <laughs> instead of wars and crises and uh, politics and egos and all that good stuff? It would, it would maybe change the world. Well, anyway, I am excited. We've just come off of the Grammy week. We've come off of amazing artists and watching people give their personal best, giving their all, going up against their... All odds against their dream and then winning. This is a great 2018. I believe it. I think we're headed for some more fun this year. And hold on because the world consciousness is still changing at rocket speed. 
and we will be discussing that more coming up. I've got some great shows for you and some amazing in-depth interviews that I spoke of before around our continued conversations in consciousness. And I take that segment in particular and those shows very seriously. That is near and dear to my everyday work and my heart and my purpose on this planet and my soul. And for any person that can raise their consciousness and see the world a little bit brighter, that's what this is all about. And I am excited to share that with you. I have a fellow coming up who's going to talk about the Christ series. And the Christ series is a set of interviews, like a channeling by the Christ energy. And that is a very in-depth, interesting, scientific way of understanding not only the universe, but how people and their consciousness are put together from the moment of inception all the way to enlightenment and what that is. It's just very, very interesting. So we have lots more of that, and we've got some great shows coming up on product, on great product, and I hope you're surviving the flu season. I have a great product for you. The, my favorite product currently for flu season, which has really saved me in my travels lately, is called Silver Wings Colloidal Silver with Olive Leaf. It's, called, it's by the company Silver Wings, and it's colloidal silver with olive leaf. Now, normally, um, I use sometimes colloidal silver nasal sprays when I travel or um, just regular um, sovereign silver or colloidal silver. And this is particularly special and has worked really, really well this flu season by staving off those pesky sinus things that can happen when you're in airplanes and you're in office buildings and you're in air that's blowing in a hotel room. So if you're around other people that are coughing or whatever, spraying this in your mouth a couple pumps three times a day is really working wonders. And it can be found in sprouts. I've found it in sprouts, um, possibly like a Whole Foods or your local uh, market. You could probably even find it on uh, Amazon. <laughs> it's Silver Wings Colloidal Silver with Olive Leaf. And I just think this stuff is great. So I uh, highly recommend that. The other thing that I really recommend is um, VSC, which is by Nature Sunshine. And VSC is a viral herbal formula that's used for building the immune system. But it's particularly potent when in combination with something like colloidal silver or whatever for not only building your immune system, but I find it to be very helpful with viruses and um, colloidal silver is usually indicated for bacterial things and you know any kind of fungal activity things like that but the VSC is great for virus and you can probably find that on Amazon and all over but if you need information you can go to Making Life Brighter on Facebook and I posted an entire thing there a week or so back about what you need for flu season so your temporary medicine cabinet is there standing on the pa Facebook page of Making Life Brighter. So if you have questions, please reach out. You can ask me a question directly at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have a show that you'd like to hear, please let me know. If you have any kind of questions about health and wellness, please reach out and ask, and we will continue with uplifting and inspiring people that are striving to make our lives brighter by what they do and following their passion and their expertise. So this show is really based on people that have an expertise and that have really taken that step to drive forward in what they do. And their inspiration is hopefully our inspiration. I've got a few more interviews for you um, from people that have been in the world of ski racing, in the world of the Olympics, in the world of offici officiating for downhill skiing and all that. And if skiing isn't particularly your forte, again, this falls in line with what we're talking about with people that have strived to be their very best and 
what it takes and some of the behind the scenes things that maybe aren't always so pretty, but definitely are part of the world of competition. And I have some powerful interviews coming up around that that involve different people that have been there right up close and gotten to see the best and the worst of the sports that they're involved in. And that seems to be the truth. Like, you know, Lance Armstrong was so amazing and come to find out he was doping. And so doping seems to be a hot topic of conversation in the world today. And that is something that is changing the playing field for people. And if you really think about it, if you spent four years pure and clean trying to get to be the very best in the world and somebody else is one-upping you on shifting out their blood for higher performance, that just that would be so devastating and so unfair. But it's perhaps more common than we know in different sports, and hopefully as we go forward, it'll really be may the best man win or best woman in this case. <laughs> may the best woman win. Uh, I just, I'm really excited for sharing tonight. I hope you guys can check out the Winter Games, the Olympics, and see the opening ceremonies and be a part of history again being made, especially for our team that's had to struggle at the last minute, kind of wondering if they'd get to go. So may it be a wonderful diversion from all the negativity in the world, and may it open our hearts And may we all come together and cheer on all of our countries, all of the athletes from every country, including the bobsled team from Jamaica. (laughs) I got to see them too. (laughs) That was great. That was so great. They were awesome. Well, I love you all out there. Thank you so much for listening. And feel free to check out all the archives. You can go to makinglifebrighter.com. You can find me on Facebook at Making Life Brighter. And you can email me, of course, at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. I hope you go out and make someone else's life brighter. I want you to go jolly, everybody. Enjoy and stay safe out there. And find your colloidal silver with olive leaf because, boy, is that stuff great. It is really, really working. So go jolly, everybody. I'll speak to you next week. Have a great week and happy Olympic beginning. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.